Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Matt Mitchell, the running editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right. This week on the show, I was joined by the inimitable Katie Asmuth, someone I've been circling for quite a while now, to talk about a whole range of topics, which shouldn't surprise longtime listeners of this podcast. We get into how she found running later in life, her breakout fifth place finish at Western States back in 2021, signing a pro contract to run for Saucony, and a whole bunch of other fun digressions into things like trail running media, parenting, and more. Katie just made her return to running after a pretty significant injury derailed most of her 2022 racing plans, so I also wanted to check in with her to see what she's learned from that experience, as well as what type of advice she'd offer to folks currently on the shelf. Katie's not shy about her love of trail running and its culture, and I think the way she approached her rehab while remaining engaged with the sport is an example I'll definitely follow next time I'm laid up on the couch with an injury. But before I bring Katie on, I want to give you guys a final reminder about our annual Blister Summit, which is taking place next week. From February 12th through the 16th, we'll be hosting a series of summit events in our hometown of Mount Crested Butte, Colorado, and we've got a bunch of really exciting stuff on tap for it. There'll be plenty of on-snow activities and demo opportunities from industry-leading brands, panel sessions with company founders and professional athletes, nightly gear giveaways, and a whole lot more. For more info on what to expect and how to register, check out the link in the show notes. And finally, if you've been enjoying the conversations I've been having on this show, please do us a favor and leave us a rating or review. Little things like that go a long way in supporting the podcast. Okay, let's get right into my conversation with Katie. Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, let me start off by congratulating you. I saw you completed your first hill workout uh, since coming back from injury. And uh, you also took in your first gel too, which I'm sure was pleasant. Yeah, um, it's been quite a transition getting back into it. My body's like okay, I know how to do this. Okay. You know, like, uh, it's been an interesting comeback, but it feels good. It feels like somehow your body just does what you tell it to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I definitely want to talk more about injury because I think it's kind of almost inevitable in this sport. And I think the more people talk about their experience, the less lonely we can make it feel. Um, but before we do that, I want to kind of lay some groundwork and ask you about uh, your background. Can you give me like a 30,000 foot view of who Katie is? Uh, sure. Um, I am... Uh, I was born and raised in Ojai, California, small mountain town. Um, I'm one of five kids. I'm the second oldest. My family grew up like always backpacking in the outdoors, but I grew up mostly doing ball sports. I was never a runner at all. Uh, And then went to college in Chicago and um, my family was going through some transitions. My mom, mom got cancer and I had to move back to California. And during that time, it was a stressful time in my life. I started working in the ER as a nurse at the time, um, uh, working in the ER at LA County General night shift. And it was pretty intense and traumatizing. And I was like, I need to figure out a way to 
get rid of this stress. And so after my night shifts, I would just go out and run. And that's how I started running. I didn't know anything about trail running uh, until (laughs) kind of sounds silly, but um, I was reading Born to Run on our honeymoon. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is sick. I love this. And I can join my two like loves of being outside and uh, you know, moving in the mountains and just start running while I'm doing it. And we just got to go to further places and we were having new, we were in New Zealand and we were just able to cover some amazing ground. And we, I was hooked ever since and started, uh, I've been working, I went back to school after that. I was, uh, I'm been a family nurse practitioner for almost 12 years. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, am now living uh, with my husband and two kids. I have a, a, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old boys um, in Mammoth Lakes, California. So yeah, we were previously in Southern California based in LA. And uh, we recently made the full-time commitment to Mammoth Lakes. So uh, before we were coming up like once or twice a month and it was definitely our sole place. And now we're able to make this a always place, which is pretty exciting. So Yeah. Cool. Yes. That was great. Um, when you kind of started getting more into running, did you discover uh, the very vibrant like SoCal trail running culture and hop into that community? Oh my God. I loved it so much. It's so funny. You're catching me on an interesting time because this past weekend, um, I went down to SoCal uh, for a weekend and it was so nice being back on the old training grounds. And oh my gosh, it's just like around every corner, there was another memory. And um, you know, like I think many of us probably listening have a deep love for certain trails and gosh, like the backbone trail in the Santa Monica is, is like the Santa Monica mountains is like heaven to me. Um, and so is Eastern Sierra, but right now it's just a little tough to run in it since it's covered in 30 feet of snow. So, uh, yeah, so it was nice to be on some dirt and feel the sunshine and get some ocean views. And, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I I I love that part of my life and learning how to run and surrounding myself with the LA runners. I um I learned I met a lot of people through SWAT for through some work I'll play with Megan and David Roach um since David was my coach and uh so through some work I'll play I, I, we created a little community there and had a, so much fun and I really miss them. Actually, I have two friends coming up this weekend from LA, so I still feel very much like. I give a lot of credit to all of my love for this sport because of that initial encounter with uh, that community. So, yeah. Yes. So like besides born to run, what were some of other your like influences? You like, who did you look up to coming up? Ooh, coming up in the sport. Yeah. Cause I, I, cause I know you got kind of like, you got into trail running, uh, I guess like relatively later in life than a lot of people, I think, which is interesting to me because I kind of did too. I think, um, well, for me, my husband, Ironman, uh, distance athlete, he would be training for Ironman. And I remember talking to him once I got pregnant, I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not going to be just the stay at home mom. Like that is not going to fly while you take off on your six hour bike rides. And so it became very clear that I needed to sign up for something. And, um, yeah, after our honeymoon, I was like really drawn to trail running. And, uh, from that time, I, yeah, I, I just, I, it was really kind of coincided with being a mom, to be honest. Like I wanted space and time to myself and wanted to be able to continue to explore, have 
like with friends. And so I think a lot of moms just kind of go into the mom mode only. And I was like, I can't just do that. Like I adore my children. They're the love of my lives, but like, come on, I needed space. So it was really, really, really huge for me. So honestly, when you talk about people that I looked up to in the sport, uh, Darcy Piccio is the first person that crosses my mind because it's really just moms like Megan Canfield. I'm thinking Sally McRae. I'm thinking, um, you know, I, I think I would say Darcy was my first like crush for sure, <laughs> because, um, I raced against her at AC 100, my first hundred. And I mean, I was just fangirling the whole time and it was like, Darcy, I'm so excited to be running next to you. And like, so excited just to see her and be with her. <laughs> and she's like, who is this girl? You know? Um, so it was really cool to run my first hundred with such a legend and a mom and, um, to be able to have people in the sport that have gone before me to look up to and be like, you know what, you can have kids and succeed at the highest levels in the sport. And, um, I knew if they could do it, I could do it. It just took some commitment and yeah. I'm committed. So yeah. Mom strength is a real thing, I think. Oh, oh, definitely. You know, I think there's like this aspect of not, I, I'm not going to cuss, but like not giving an F, you know, like you're just kind of like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to like, like, you don't care about a lot of like the drama that potentially could happen or if like things don't go the way you want it to go. It's like, you kind of just have to let it like, let it fly. Like, I don't know. You're just always getting away. You have to be flexible all the time. They're always solving problems with your kids and trying to juggle things and setting priorities. And it's just like, there's a lot of overlaps with ultra running training and racing and parenthood. So I feel like they kind of, I don't know, complement each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like ultra running is very much like a microcosm for life in the sense that like you're thrown into situations that you like have no control over and like have to react. Absolutely. And parenting is just life on steroids. You know, it's just like yeah. everything in extreme. So I guess I feel like I'm just living an extreme life. <laughs> are your uh, are your boys into uh, to trail running? Oh, my gosh. OK, well, they're only five and seven. Right now they are like deep on like into trail I mean into ski life right now I mean where everything is winter right now uh obviously in Mammoth Lakes but I mean I didn't grow up in a hockey culture and a ski culture uh living in Southern California and it is so fun to be like a real mountain woman now <laughs> um so yeah they I would say hockey and and ski is my life right now as a mom for sure so yeah. Yeah. So what prompted that move to Mammoth Lakes? I mean, aside from Mammoth being like absolutely incredible. I mean, we love the Eastern Sierra, my husband and I. I mean, my husband grew up in a small like lake in Oregon, like very, very remote. Uh, I grew up in Ohio. Like I guess both of us were from small town, mountain towns. And we wanted that for our kids, I think, first and foremost. Um, living in LA was, I mean, I loved it. I think I'm kind of happy wherever I am, but I love being next to the ocean and having the Santa Monica Mountains and the San Gabriel Mountains. And we had a really good thing going on. I love the clinic I worked at, but uh, we would come up to Mammoth like once or twice a month. We ended up buying a condo here five years ago. And uh, yeah, I think, well, actually almost six years ago now. Um, so we would just come up here all the time and it just became our sole place. And I mean, it's, it's happened up here I mean, from the hills and paddle boarding and culture is really fun. And it's just, it's been, yeah, we, we actually, our house, we bought a house 
in August when we were like, we're here forever. Like I'm never moving. <laughs> and the first thing we did was we made a sweet mountain bike track around our, like the perimeter of our property. Um, so, you know, we're just living it up. I feel like we live outside and that's the goal. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You can't really build a, a mountain bike track in LA all that, all that easily. Uh-uh. No, that's not going to be a reality. And it's just, honestly, it's a really cool small town culture here. I mean, our kids are so involved and, you know, like, all, you know, all the parents, you know, every, all the parents are climbers and trail runners themselves and like Olympic athletes. It's like really cool to be amongst uh, such like around people that you really resonate with, with their interests. Um, so yeah, it's just a really rad place to, I don't know, raise kids. Yeah. How would you characterize, uh, I guess, the the trail running culture out there? Because I know it's it's always been a hotbed between like you and and Tim and Rod and, and Danny. Yeah, I <laughs> we talk. This isn't like a public thing and I'm not making any announcements, but we talk about like the Mammoth Trail team, you know, because we have, you know, really, really driven, motivated professional trail runners here. And this is such an epic place to train. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we talk about organizing because it's pretty cool to have so much talent here. And um, we've, I, we've talked some of us are, you know, thinking about how do we reach out to the local community more and like coach local community members for free, or just like being able to be more active, bringing more people to the trails, because there's a lot of people that live here uh, that, you know, may not experience what we're experiencing. And we just are like, gotta get out here because this is so rad. So I think uh, there's, a lot of movement for that, especially with Mammoth Trail Fest now is kind of like our hub to bring, you know, how epic it is here to the rest of the world. So yeah, I think there's a lot of positive momentum going on in Mammoth Lakes. So yeah. And you're you're still working as a, a nurse practitioner? Yeah, I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love my job. I did uh, just every other Wednesday now. I'm no longer going to be work. I'm going to be like focusing on training. So it's nice to actually have the balance of being a, like a professional athlete and a nurse practitioner. And I've gotten some pressure, um, not pressure, but just like options to go full time kind of in the running space. And I really love my job. Like I worked my tail off to be able to do what I do. And I, I love it. I love, you know, I think for me, it's all about perspective too. And I feel like I'm uh, you know, of service in that role in a very different way than in running. And I love to be engaged in the community. Of course, like running is like my so fun and like a love of mine, but the being a nurse practitioner, I work with underserved patients and it's just been, yeah, it's been really rewarding. So that, I don't want to ever end that yet. Yeah. I, I've talked to like a lot of people that have like given uh, running professionally full time ago or have had the option to, and they're like very much like, no, like I need to have something else to like balance me out. And it, it seems like you get so much meaning and value out of, out of that job. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not gonna lie, like right now coming back from injury, it's like, oh my God, like I, it's hard to train and like do a double and do sauna and do weights and recover and be a parent. Yeah. Yeah. The kid thing is like a, a lot picking them up at one fifty from school. It's just like, Oh my God, I can't, it's so hard to handle it all. And all the logistics and play dates to help and all the things. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't ever want to give up being an NP. It's really important to me. And yeah, so it feels like I have lots of little parts of myself, you know? Um, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I want to talk about uh, 2021 um, and your time on the trails that year, because I think for a lot of people, that was when um, you really like burst on the scene. I know you uh, you won Bandera, got a golden ticket, ran Western States, came in fifth place, and also you were named, I think, like eighth in the uh, Ultra Runner of the Year Awards, which is which just came out, I guess, like a couple weeks ago uh, for this year. Um, how did that kind of like all come together? Because I know that like you had been running ultras before, but that was like very much your like, I'm here. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I don't know the exact quote, but the idea that nobody just shows up and it's an accident, right? Like there was years of committed training there. Um, but I think uh, I, that year I so I guess it was leading up, right? Like, so it was 2020. It was right. um, a really tough year for all of us in the world. Uh, in medicine, it was um, especially, I felt tough in the sense that I was working with a lot of folks that passed. Um, a lot of my patients died during that time. It was really stressful, really stressful time in my life. Um, I was always like worried I was going to get COVID and give to my patients and, or give to my family, you know, from it It was like, it was just a lot. Um, and honestly, my, the way I was able to handle it all was by running. And it wasn't like I used it as therapy because trails should not be therapy, but it was definitely a release for me. And it helped me to focus, uh, my energy on something positive for me. And it was my way of, you know, committing myself to something I enjoy. Like it was self-care and I really threw myself into it because I loved it so much. And so I tried to, it was something I could do, you know, <laughs> like you didn't have to be socially distant when you're on the trail in the sense that I could just run around the trails on my own and have a good time. And uh, yeah, so I actually went into 20, like it was the end of 2020 and I felt really strong, but there was no way I was going to Bandera because COVID was just, I mean, it was so scary. It was a really tough time. And I somehow, I think I was like the second person in Los Angeles to get a vaccine. I swear it was crazy how quick I was able to get it. Um, I mean, I was like really, really put in a lot of effort to get my first vaccine. And then of course you get it again. My second vaccine, I was given seven days before Bandera Oof. and I flew to Bandera on my own, not knowing the course or didn't have any crew or didn't have any pacers and then showed up and through a fellow swap athlete, uh, helped me out with that, but I wasn't really expecting much. I just wanted to go and race and I truly raced on gratitude and just stoke. And I just, I was so happy to be there because I didn't think it would happen. And, uh, yeah. So I feel like whenever you put something like, I think perspective is so critical <laughs> and just being able to be like, you know, I'm just so happy to be here. I swear for now, after being injured too, like for the rest of my life, I'm just like, so happy to walk. It feels so wonderful to just walk. Um, you just don't take things for granted when you've had something taken away from you. And I think a lot of us felt that way um, during COVID. And I wasn't going to let Bandera pass me by. I was like, I'm going to give this thing my all. And I, I mean, I broke my nose in the process and it was kind of crazy time. Uh, but yeah, after that, I was able to get sponsored by Saucony and it just, everything kind of like, was like, oh my God, I've arrived. It felt like in the global arena for the first time. And yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. I, all, everything happened pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a, there's a few things I want to touch on uh, in what you just said. Um, the first being why trails are not therapy. Because I think that is that's something I hear a lot. Like, oh, like trail running is my therapy. And I kind of like, I'm, I always kind of balk at that and push back. Uh, yeah, I think, th- I think trail running can be your meditation. I think trail running can be your quiet place for self-care. I think it can be a place where you can think. Uh, I don't think it's therapy. <laughs> Coming from a clinical background, I think... Uh, we can do a lot with professional therapy. (laughs) That is uh, something I feel pretty strongly about. So if people are needing help and all of us need help at different times in our life, um, of course, it's a luxury to be able to have it. And, uh, you know, I think some people would argue that talking things through with a friend or out loud in your own mind, sure, it's like therapeutic, you know? Right. But yeah, it's you're, you're not, you're not like getting some cognitive behavioral therapy out in the trail in that way. And, um, I just think, I think when you say like trails therapy, it's like, you know, maybe trails, your church or trails, it trails like your special place for, you know, enlightenment essentially, but right. uh, for a place that you're, you're like working on your inside in a way that to, to go deep within, I think having that professional background is really critical. So I don't know. I just don't, I feel like it kind of pushes away the mental part of it and the mental awareness, like the mental health awareness that I think we all should carry in this sport, especially is, uh, can come with a lot of, um, you know, trauma or addiction, or, you know, people are running away from something or trying to cover up something else. Or, so I just think we just, yeah, should address what's the problem is. <laughs> I think I had Danielle Snyder on a while ago and she essentially reiterated that like you you shouldn't you shouldn't use anything that can be like taken away from you as like a form of therapy. And trail running as we both know can be taken away pretty quickly. Yeah. It's an asset. It's not your identity, right? And I think that's important especially in our community and our culture like we as trail runners I I mean we, I feel, I'm going to speak for myself. I feel like I hold on to that identity in the sense that I'm like, I'm a trail and there's a part of me. Yeah. But then it can get taken away from you so quickly. But, um, so the act of trail running is, you know, something that potentially could be fleeting. However, I'm a fan through and through no matter what, you know, so maybe right. that's more of the identity. <laughs> I want to talk about a little, like that stuff uh, a little bit later in our conversation, but you mentioned Swap a few times as well as uh, David Roach. And I'm, I'm curious how you started working with him and why he's so damn good at his job. So this was like in 2017, I believe. Was it 2017 or early 2018? I was just trying to find a coach because I was racing Angeles Crest 100 and I had no idea what I I was doing. Like I said, I had no ever had any advice about running. I didn't know anything about running. To be able to run 100 miles was just a pipe dream. And uh, he was just one of the random people that I came across on Google, to be honest. Um, I actually was searching for like I, I tried Liza Howard and Sally McRae. I was trying to find a female, like a mom, because that really resonated with me. And I had two young kids and, uh, but they were full. And so I was just like looking for anybody <laughs> like, please coach me. Yeah. He's not, he wasn't at the time, somebody that I knew of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I quickly, he became very, very important to me in my life and my success as a runner for sure. And just my overall like stoke on just general life. I think he's helpful for, <laughs> yeah. Totally. 
And kind of how do you guys approach training? Like, what's that relationship like? Uh, well, he, I mean, he's so much more than just a person giving me miles to do, you know, like right. when I broke my foot, he was the first person I called. Um, well, I called my husband and then I called him. Um, but like, it was, you know, he's like, he walks you through like every part of the process. Like, I'm thinking about the time when my stepfather passed away and it was like, you got to call coach because like running is such an important part of my life. Like I have to like, let him know, but it's not just to let him know about, Oh, my miles isn't going to be the same or whatever. It's like, he needs to know because he's my friend. And um, so I feel like it's a really special bond and it's, you know, yeah, the friendship goes uh, so deep because you talk to them every single day or like I'm in touch with them every single day. And um, yeah, it's a little bit of a journal entry for sure every day to him. And yeah, I feel like he's really pushed me in ways and believing in myself and thinking that if I want something, I can get there or at least try and get there. <laughs> and yeah, that feels good to have somebody believe in you and to cheerlead for you. And, you know, if everybody had a little bit of David Roach in their life, I feel like we'd all be little better people. <laughs> yeah. Someone that's like attuned to like the mental aspects of running, which are arguably as important, if not more important than, than the physical side goes a long way. And the confidence, right? Like the belief in yourself, the shooting your shot, the, 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 the desire to like make the most of your life really. And not just in running, but like, it's trying to be your best self. And I think, uh, that we can all strive to, to be that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Tell me about how your relationship with uh, Saucony kind of came about. Cause you know, part of my job is to review shoes and write about them. And Saucony has been making some amazing trail shoes over the last like handful of years. And I think it sh demonstrates like an investment into that like side of their product line. Uh, and I'm curious um, what it's been like working with them. Yeah, I think I got really lucky, to be honest, in the sense that they have a really small trail team. Uh, it's just Adam, Mary, Grayson, and I, and Grayson Murphy does, you know, road stuff too. So she's kind of like a habsy. So really, it's like two and a half of us on the trail team. And it's like, it's pretty cool. I feel like a lot of responsibility in my feedback and my shoes. Like we had an hour long call today about a prototype that both like all three of us have been using a lot. And and they take our, like what we say. So like, they're all taking notes and just like really care about what we say. And there's so many iterations of shoes and want to know everything. They like design the shoes around our three opinions. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty, I'm sure they have other opinions too, but they make us feel like that at least it it's um, pretty special. I, you know, after Bandera, I was getting a lot of I think also like runner's world picked me up because I had a tampon on my nose and talked <laughs> to personal sports. And I was like talking to like all these people and were interested in my story. And, you know, it's really funny because looking back, I'm like any trail runner would do that. Like, right. you know, like it's not that special of a story at all. Um, there's way more extreme things in a, this sport, but whatever. And I, I got notoriety or like my 15 minutes of fame or whatever, because of that. And Saucony heard about it. And, I had been talking, I talked to every, I think, trail shoe uh, athlete, manager, literally, I think everyone. Um, and I talked to a lot of uh, actually other sponsored athletes and that was super helpful. So if anybody listening is thinking about being sponsored, I think reaching out and talking to other athletes uh, is so, was like critical to what I ended up going with. But uh, so yeah, I um, had a meeting with them. They were 
really great. Like I had like multiple interviews with them. Um, like they really wanted to get to know me and I had a time to just like ask questions myself. And yeah, I just, I felt like we like jived really well and it was a really good contract. And I was like, this is awesome, you know? So yeah, it worked out pretty good because then I was able to decrease my hours with my patients and try and like focus more on like the identity of being a professional athlete, which was nothing I ever manifested ever. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm a mom and like an NP and like, I like, you know, so yeah, that was pretty wild time for sure. (laughs) Quickly. Can you just tell the brief story of, of running with a tampon in your nose? Okay. Uh, it sucked. Do you want to hear like what happened after, uh, you know, so, so I'm running Bandera. I fell at mile, like, I don't even know what it was like 38, 42 around then. And I was like leading the race, um, at that time. And I fell hard. Like I was coming into an aid station and you got like, you know, all the cowbells, and everybody's all excited. And I'm like running in at, in first place for the first time all day. And I just went like this you know, like hands raised, pump fists, like so pumped and running and just, I'm not looking down and tripped on a rock and ate it. And I was like the craziest feeling because I fall and you just get this instant, like, oh my God, like so much pain, but also adrenaline is pumping. So it didn't hurt as bad initially. Um, but then there was a silence in the aid station. Like that was the most embarrassing part. Cause everybody's like, oh shit, you know? And then, yeah. So I stayed up and everybody's like, <gasps> And there's this gasp and I'm like, what happened? You know? And I look down and there's just like blood, just like gushing. So anyways, I go to the aid station. I'm like trying to hold it. And like, you know, it was like, I don't know what to do. And at first they said like, come over to the medic or whatever. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. Like I got that race. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be cleaned up. I don't care. You know? And then this woman said, I have a tampon. Like, I know it's kind of weird, but like, do you want the tampon? I was like, oh, F yeah, that's exactly what I need. I was so excited. And I just shoved it up my nose um, and I kept running. And it was, it actually really hurt, like super, super bad. <laughs> but like, and I think the pain, but also breathing through one other nostril that was like being pushed. So it was just like mouth breathing and like, it was just, it threw everything off. But so, yeah, I think. Probably my finest moment in like mental, no, no, Western States this year. That would have topped it. That topped it hands down. But whatever, the mental fortitude that taught me a lot that day. And yeah, so. <laughs> that's what that's what those products are designed to do. A hundred percent. I know I said, I'm like, the tampon has helped me, has saved my day. It's how many times in my life? And like, you know, it just saved me again in a different way, but it saved me. I hope I brought some like light to feminine product products at aid stations, because if it wasn't for that woman, I would have had nothing. And I don't know what it would have happened. I would have like, I don't know, just shoved my finger up. I don't, I don't know. What <laughs> it, would it would have been so painful, whatever. <laughs> oh I mean, man. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you finish in fifth place at the 2021 Western States. How did your life kind of change after that? I mean, I guess I was like more, I think it was my first race that anybody who knew who I was and that felt right. strange. I mean, our sport is so tiny, like it doesn't change, you know, I'm not like, I forget that sometimes something. like nobody knows, you know, like picking up the kids from school, like nobody knows who I, like what I do on the side, you know? Um, so yeah, I think nothing really changed in that way. I felt, I think I felt more like a part of the global community than I had been, which is 
yeah, I mean, that felt pretty cool. And it's, it's, it feels really, it felt like being a part of the Western States family was a change for me. Um, and just meeting a lot more of other athletes that, um, I'd be racing against again and again, um, was pretty cool. And yeah, I just felt like a deeper, I don't know, engagement with the community. I felt yeah. like I belonged, you know, and not like you have to be top 10 at Western States to belong by any means, but it just felt like this, like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm, yeah, I deserve to be a professional athlete. Like, I didn't feel like I was an imposter or not like I had really, I didn't really care. I was like, I get paid to do this. This is sweet. But I felt like I like had deserved it in a way it felt validating um, that, yeah, it was something I cared about and it was something I pursued and I was able to do what I wanted to do. Granted, I wanted to win, but you know, <laughs> I'll take that place. I wasn't going to be that that day. <laughs> no, I mean, I think like coming in top 10 is like a huge accomplishment and something you get to say like for the rest of your life, especially because you get invited back the next year. I know this past year was, whew. <laughs> let's talk about, let's, let's talk about 2022. Oh man. It started off great. I was doing great. I felt like super motivated and focused and oh man, my body was like not had other plans that I didn't wasn't expecting. But anyway, yeah, I Western States, I, I was definitely going for a podium. I wanted, I felt like I could have still looking back, I'm like, I could have podium that day. I felt strong. And then it just just definitely <laughs> uh just didn't happen that way. I took too much salt straight up. Uh, I had measured my, uh, sodium loss. Like I had actually gone, gotten a, like a test. So I knew how much sodium I was losing my sweat. And then I went down to Bishop and it was like 106 degrees and it was super hot. And so I was measured how much I was sweating and like the actual fluid loss versus, you know, and then I calculated my sodium. I was like, I'm a professional athlete. I'm going to do this by the books, blah, blah, blah. And they show up at Western States and I'm like, so cool all day because my crew is freaking all-star and I just didn't sweat as much. So I doubled the amount of salt my body needed. And I was just like coming out from all ends and couldn't keep down calories for 60 miles and just so much, just so much fluid, just like everywhere. Bad, bad. So it was very distracting for the foot, I'll say. Um, so I also broke my foot and whatever. It was a really tough day. But you know what? I kept moving forward. And I, it was a really positive experience in the sense that like, I didn't give up. And that's cool. Though I should have probably looking back in the sense that I had broken foot. I didn't know I had a broken foot. But don't keep running people if you have something broken. That's <laughs> stupid. Uh, but honestly, I'm really kind of happy I did in the sense that I, now I don't have to get another golden ticket to get back there. So Right. I was going to say another top 10, another top 10 performance regardless. That happened. That was just, that was purely mental people. Like there was nothing like this body was gone, but my mind was like so determined. Um, so yeah, it was a rough day. I saw you a few times that day because I was out there uh, pacing and crewing Leah. And I think like the last the last time I saw you is at uh, like Green Gate right after the river. And you you were looking great. Like you had the biggest smile on your face. That fake it till you make it. I felt horrible. I passed the aid station. I was like, I have smiles. I'll come get you, Leah. Yep. And I get, to, I get to my crew and just start throwing up like, like, and I looked at them. I was like, guys, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I'm so weak. I'm like, so like my foot is like throbbing with every like step. It hurts so bad. And I was a wreck. 
And my pacer's like, no time for this. Let's go. And I was like, okay, you know, like, don't get out of your pity party. No time to talk about that because we've got a race. And so, I mean, honestly, it was a total team effort. Um, Yeah. When I say it was like mind over matter, I mean, it was not just my mind over matter. It was like the whole team was pushing me to do that. I I don't know what would have happened. Like I was in so, so many lows so many times, but it was like no time for that. Just keep moving forward. So, I mean, I learned a lot from my team that day. Um, I learned that your body can just do remarkable things. <laughs> um, watching Leah was one of like another just soul moment for me. Um, I really care about her. It was like really, really cool to watch her throw down. I think she got like one of the fastest times ever on that split. So yeah, she freaking killed it. So, you know, just watching your friends and teammate, or she's not my teammate. I feel like she's my teammate. She's my swap teammate. Um, crash. Go just and and so many other women just freaking destroy it felt so good to watch that <laughs> it was really cool to witness but um yeah being a part of the day is special it's you know it's almost sacred uh you really feel a part of something bigger than yourself so yeah i take no credit for uh that that split uh of leah's at all she was i was trying not to get dropped were you pacing her yeah oh, i didn't realize you were pacing oh sorry i missed that Oh, yeah, yeah. I paced her for like 15 miles uh, until like pointed rocks, I believe. And was just like, <laughs> she was, yeah, I've never seen anyone run like that. It was insane. Dude. Yeah. She's, that was so cool. She told me, I actually interviewed her, which was really fun experience, her and Taylor. Um, but um talking about how her dad in the river said like, you've got fight in you or something about that. And I just remember being like, well, like during the podcast being like pumped up, you know? Um, Yeah. I think, I think the sport can bring stuff out of you. That's like, you don't even know you have until you're in that moment. And I think that's what draws us to it. Right. Totally. It's it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. So after Western States, did you kind of know you were dealing with something pretty significant? No, mm-mm, nope, not at all. I was like, I'm fine. Let's, I'm, I'm running ACCC. Like the whole family's coming out. Like I had a sweet Airbnb set up, Airbnb set up. I was pumped. Like let's get back to training. And actually my body felt pretty good. I was surprised how well my body turned around and then my foot just didn't really get better. <laughs> uh, and I remember there's one run I took up. I, I did like a hill workout. I was like, oh yeah, that really freaking hurt. But I got like a CR and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, it's like, you keep like, there's no way I've never, like I had a bone density scan with um, the Western States research group in 2021. And it was like flying colors. Like I, I don't, I have strong bones. Like I pride myself in that, you know, I feel really well. I sleep really well. Like I'm like healthy, like all these things. And it's like, psh. That doesn't matter <laughs> when your bones broken. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, the day after that hill workout, I like hurt to step on it when I got out of bed and I was like, oh crap. And I tried to go for a run and just was like, this is it. And I called my friend who's a PA at the hospital here. And I was like, can I get an x-ray? And she's like, yep. And then from then we knew. And uh, yeah, it uh, about two weeks later, I had surgery. And from then it was, you know, four and a half months off running and scooters and crutches and <laughs> ortho boots and lots of PT and spinning and yeah. Good times. Could just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
one thing I'm I'm curious about is uh, how you went about kind of establishing like your care team. That's something like Corinne Malcolm talks about a lot is like making sure you have people in your corner to help you through that process. I think um, I didn't know how important that was. I mean, I do as a clinician, I guess, but I think because I have funding through my sponsor, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like it's all about perspective. Like I think if I didn't have that money, I don't know if I would have the amount of help that I do. Um, I mean, to have Cairo and PT and acupuncture and body work and like all these people that are like in your corner and then your surgeon and then your coach. And it's like, it's been pretty cool to be honest, to feel like a professional athlete where you're like, wow. Um, the reason I found all of these people was because I reached out to Dina Castor, who is an obvious uh, uh, asset to Mammoth Lakes. So uh, yeah, I think Dina had with the track team, the track club in Mammoth has brought just this elevated uh, professionalism to, uh, yeah, I guess to rehab really. And she was able to get me in with all these people pretty quickly. And it's great because it's such a small town that they all know each other and um, they're all interested. Like, okay, what did, what did Michaela say? You know, or what did, who did, what did your Cairo say about this or what, you know, everybody wants to know um, and trying to like work together on an outcome. And it's been really, really helpful. And I've actually learned a lot about my body in the meantime, not just about the injury, like just generally I'm pretty messed up you know <laughs> like we all are like you know asymmetrical oh totally like yeah I'm learning about things I have never had an in-person coach before and so it's been cool to like actually get some gait training and to, I feel like hopefully I'm going to come out of this a whole lot stronger so are those some of the the main changes you've made um to your like training moving forward is just doubling down on like PT and like gait training stuff like that uh yeah um like right now my ribs are taped down to try and get my vertical vertical, you know, stuff like this, where I'm like, this is not my expertise. And this is really fun to have people that are really good at like specifically running, um, to know what to do. And I feel like I'm just getting, um, like more specified in my, like in the weights and the PT and, uh, yeah, I just feel like I'm dialing it in and, it's fun. It's like, you're kind of like a detective, you know, you get to explore your body. And I feel like all of us as athletes feel niggles more probably than other people in the sense that we're just like more attuned to what's not right and what uh, needs like some help or some love. And uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been really cool to have some extra, extra emphasis on it. Yeah. Running can definitely be a full-time job at your level between like training and then all the prehab, rehab, all that stuff. Oh man. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah. Uh, yes. I could keep going. It, yeah. it definitely could be a full-time job. Um, yeah. So a question I like to, to ask folks that have like maybe had to take some time off of running is uh, whether or not you picked up any other interesting hobbies or skills. Ooh. Um, I started skate skiing. That was really fun. Um, um, and like classic skiing. So my kids are on the Nordic team also. They're on the Alpine team and on the Nordic team. So that's been fun to be out with the kids doing that and just being in the mountains in that way. So I guess that would be, I guess that, yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. 
I mean, skate skiing is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I've never done Nordic skiing, so it was cool to pick that up. Well, there's a long tradition of of folks that are are killer Nordies performing really well on the trails. So you might be you might be uh, onto something there. I mean, I'm just beginning, but <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the process of like not trying to hurt myself doing it versus like you know trying to increase my VO2 max. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, uh, this is this is a yeah, it's a beginning, but it's been really fun. I'm using it as just like a way to get outside and have a good time in the snow. So nice. So a, a lot of people when they're kind of like, you know, staring down an injury um, can have a tendency to kind of retreat from the sport um, just because, you know, FOMO don't really want to be around it, et cetera. But you kind of took the opposite approach and, and I feel like further entrenched yourself within the community. Um, was that like intuitive or something that you had to like talk yourself into? It was like, I had more time to be able to give back to the sport, you know, like, I freaking love it. Like this isn't, it's not something I'm just doing for a sponsor for, you know, like, yeah, I was able to put more time into Mammoth Trail Fast, for instance, right? Um, being a part of Free Trail has been super rewarding. Um, and that's fun for me. Like starting the that Free Trail um, Femme group has been, I mean, it's so fun to meet other people that are, you know, like-minded that want to run in the mountains. And we all have you know, tips and tricks of the trade. And I feel like the community aspect has been really great. And I think for me, um, like staying engaged has been really helpful in the motivation. But I also feel like when you get injured, there's also this kind of the devil or whatever saying like, oh, like you're never going to be back to where you used to be. Like all these negative thoughts, not devil, I hate that word, but like all these negative thoughts going like, you know. Doubt. you doubt and fear and all those negative words. And I just don't have time for that. <laughs> just no time for that. Like I am a busy person. We're going to stay positive through this. We're going to get through this. And honestly, there are a lot harder things in life than a small injury. You know, um, I'm not dying. You know, my kids aren't dying. My husband's not dying. We're good. Like, I just feel like there's so much like hardship that a little niggle taking half a year off running three years off running. It doesn't mean that you don't have to, you can't be just as much a fan or engaged and a part of the community as when you're actually running. And I just, I hope that that carries with me when I'm competitive or not. I hope to be part of the sport. I really care about it and the people in it. And uh, for me, it was definitely life-giving and I definitely feel like I came back stronger uh, with my mind. My mind space has been really healthy this whole time. Just really like all right, what do I got to do to get back to being in a good place? And um, yeah, I think I set pretty low expectations for myself. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to just do everything my coach tells me to do. But my goal is to set low expectations and then exceed them, <laughs> you know, and just kind of be able to be like, I hope I'm back by then. I hope this happens. Like, I hope I'm running way too cool. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be fit enough to race it. I think I'll be fit enough to run it. Let's try and exceed that. You know, right. like, I just feel like I have this different mindset of, I don't know, try and like finesse my way into back into it versus like force my way back in. Like I'm back, let's go back to normal. Like I'm just going to kind of like slowly, like get my body adjusted. Let's just get back right in, like slip right back into that, like mainstream, like kind of like try and get back into life. And it feels like my body's keeping up, but um, also know that there might be setbacks and I'm okay with that. And I'll take what I can get, you know? Yeah. That's so well articulated. And I think also speaks to like 
the importance of having a coach because it kind of takes the the thinking out of training you know you you don't have to like so when <laughs> before corinne malcolm started coaching me uh for the brief period she did i was always kind of like second guessing what i was doing i was like oh like is this the right thing to do but once like she gave me directions it was like all right like this is what i'm doing today and i don't really have to like waste mental energy uh considering if i should be doing something else and if not just the coach, like when you're injured, I feel like the team, like when your PT is saying, Katie, you're going to have pain in your foot for the next year and a half. Right. It's okay. Like, let it go. Like, you know, and almost helping your brain to forget it's there because it's not, it's not broken. You know, you have a screw to reinforce it, trust it, you know? And I think that's it. It's like having your PT, having your coach, having your team help you to trust your body again. And, um, I think that's tough because I think we're in a sport where we kind of have to not trust our body or like have to kind of like, you don't want to listen to the pain or to like, you know, where you're at, like deep in a race. And so it's kind of messy and complicated. Like it's a fine line of, you know, how much do you push yourself or how much do you hold back? And so um, I feel like having your team, like you said, you're having Corinne be like, you know, on your side and, uh, helping you to trust yourself again, I feel like is just, yeah, it, it's critical. <laughs> really. What has it been like to uh, be like a member of the media, essentially? Ooh, uh, am I? <laughs> yeah, you're a member of the media. Okay. Um, I Yeah, I guess uh, it's super fun. I just love talking to people and I care about this sport. And I don't know. Uh I didn't know I was a member. I guess I am. So I'm on rest day pod every week, which is really fun um, through free trail. And it's just fun banter uh, with Dylan and Ellie Pell. And we, we just have a good time. Um, I was on the live stream stream at black Canyon. Uh, that was like a highlight of last year. Super, super fun. I love golden ticket races. I'm like glued to when I'm watching it, unless I'm there, I feel like, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a privilege, really, to have some sort of a voice in the sport. There's a lot more brilliant minds than mine and can pull data out of their heads somehow constantly. I just I think uh, it's fun. It's fun to connect with people. It's fun to I don't know. Totally. Well, you're not na- you're natural at it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, what kind of like gets you excited about the sport like in the years to come as well as maybe maybe like this upcoming year, both like personally and just like in terms of, of what, like what's going on now. Okay. So I will say personally, I, first, I think that trail culture is thriving right now. I think we have really amazing momentum right now. And I think we're getting more and more people into the sport, especially with, you know, professional triathletes joining or Des Linden running or Molly Seidel or, you know, people that are, you know, Heather Jackson, Alexi Pappas, you know, Alexi Pappas, right. People that weren't traditionally in our sport and we're bringing a lot of notoriety to us. And I, I think it's really cool. And I also feel like we have this special responsibility to represent who we are in a very cool way where we're like welcoming, um, and sharing the knowledge. And I feel like that is something that trail culture has always done since the beginning is sharing what works, what doesn't always like, uh, you know, get, like giving t- tips of the trade. Like we're very open people, I feel like as a whole. And uh, that's cool to me. It excites me how fast we're growing. Uh, and 
I also think it's really important to keep that like small hometown culture also with like grassroots, you know, trail races. So yeah, I think it's something Tim and I, Tim Tillerson and I talk a lot about uh, because like Golden Trail Series this year is going to, uh, Mammoth Trail Fest is going to be a World Series event for Golden Trail. And that's like so exciting. Huge. It's so complimentary to what we did last year. I mean, really, it's mostly Tim, um, really all Tim, but like, you know, a lot of local support also. And I, I feel like that was really awesome. And it really like Tim, myself, others that are involved, we're really like, that's awesome. And we're going to give it our all. But the local, like that, like the local community and the people that are coming in that are like back of Packers are just as important. And I think that that's key to our culture. And I love that. Um, so I think, yeah, however, giving back, and I think all of us in whatever way it is, and whether it's media or um, volunteering at a race or whatever, however you feel most called to give back to the sport, I think is like, I think we're all kind of like, like what, (laughs) what, what can you do for trail running? Not what can trail running do for you? And there we go. Have that kind of mindset, like giving back, you know, and not just like taking from this community, but like being a part of it in that service. And, um, yeah, so whatever excites you most. Um, so call it action there. So that excites me. And I feel like there's a lot of people in like movement excitement towards the sport, um, towards the growth of the sport. I think the sub ultra distance is really exciting to me. Uh, I love the sub ultra distance. I love following it. I'm super invested in the athletes. Um, so yeah, I think that's just as important or special or whatever, as you want to say as an ultra distance. And I think it's really fun to include them in our trail running um, community and culture and just stoke of the sport and following races and stuff. And I think the money's there also for athletes, which is really exciting and potentially more because they get to race more. So, um, yeah, I, I hope, um, I hope there's a big transition from like college sports, college track and field to, to trail. I think, I think it's there, um, you know, getting more cross country kids over to trail instead of road would be my dream. So however I can, I want to try and mentor more youth or be a part of that, uh, kind of like movement. Um, so yeah, there's lots of, you know, wheels turning in my head for that, but no, that, that answered my question. Yeah. Like I could tell you, you spent a lot of time like thinking about these larger issues, which is, which is really cool. Uh, before I let you go, I did see your name on the Western States uh, entry list for 2023. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that on the, is that on the docket? Yeah. On that list. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm super pumped about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's my A race for the year. Um, I'll be racing way too cool. Uh, Gorge 50 K at, western states and then ccc and then maybe cape town we'll see how i feel but um yeah i've got like a huge year and some couple other things like i'm mentoring a youth project in chile and i have a like a retreat in mammoth for women there's like a bunch of projects i'm working on also but um yeah so we'll see what the year brings but i'm here for it and hopefully yeah, it's all about Western States this year. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fun on the side. And I, I'm really, really pumped to to just give this year my all. And who knows what will happen, but I'm going to give every ounce of myself again out there and, you know, see yeah. where the cards fold. So. Well, I'm excited to follow along. Um, this has been really fun. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, you're awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. 
That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Katie for the conversation. Thanks to Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from everyone here at Blister, please take good care of yourself, keep moving forward, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>